What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos' snap. Better late than never, right? Well, we're, we're going a little late uh, this week for a couple of reasons. But the biggest reason was that I was trying to uh, allow for just a little more time for people to respond to the giveaway for which I do have a winner. Uh, Miss Candace McGee. Hopefully you have checked your email and have found your gift card, your e-gift card for concessions. Hopefully you you use it for Captain Marvel, which I'm hearing is a pretty darn good movie. So we'll talk all about that tomorrow or Friday. I'm sorry, Friday on after the snap, because I'll be going to check that movie out tomorrow evening, probably like a whole lot of you. So Miss Candace McGee, thank you for being a listener and thank you for entering. Now, why did I extend the time? Because I didn't have any entries any entries until the came down to the wire kind of yesterday so i i just left the day i let the day turn over to see if somebody else was going to enter to uh, make it entertaining but candace is our winner and there will be another giveaway leading up to the shazam movie we'll talk more about that later this month right now we're going to talk some dr strange which was released November 4th, 2016 in the U.S. It had a runtime of right under two hours. So it was 115 minutes. Got a 72% on Metacritic, a 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes it what? That's right, certified fresh. By the way, did I say thank you for joining me for another episode of the MCU Watch Party on After the Snap? I don't think I did. And... If you are new here, welcome, 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 welcome to the show, welcome to the party. I'm going to be discussing Doctor Strange this week, and if you join us again on Friday, you'll hear my non-spoiler thoughts on Captain Marvel, and we'll talk about a little Wonder Woman as well, because believe it or not, Friday, March 8th, is International Woman's Day, so what better day to celebrate the first ladies in the respective big two of the cinematic universes the dceu and the mcu and for one of these this is like one of the first times we can honestly say that the dceu jumped out ahead and got their top tier female superhero out prior to the mcu and the mcu's female superhero is not commonly known as a uh, a female superhero we did talk about captain marvel and how convoluted that conversation can be and how many people may raise their hand if you say captain marvel would you please raise your hand could be quite a few characters from all kinds of different comic book companies raising their hands to answer to that moniker the carol danvers iteration of captain marvel is relatively new i'm going to say within the last I'm going to say in the last 15, 20 years, we got this female Captain Marvel, and that is who the MCU ran with to stick their female superhero flag in the ground. We'll talk more about Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman on Friday. Today, we are discussing Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was was directed by Scott Derrickson. 
the budget for this movie was $166 million. The box office returned $677.7 million, which is a pretty darn good haul for an introduction to the Doctor Strange character. It made $32.6 million on opening day in the in the states domestically and it made 85.1 in uh domestic sales for the opening weekend that's a pretty modest and we're saying modest by mcu standards this is a good opening for anybody in the whole world but it's just modest for the mcu and and you know what totally get it a lot of people were not familiar with dr strange and did not know what they would be treated to but you see uh it went on to explode to that 677.7 million dollar total uh box office and the reasoning why is because people were treated to a visual masterpiece not to mention some very 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 good acting uh the actors the cast and the visual effects were top notch top notch Scott Derrickson truly, truly got it. He understood exactly what he had been tasked to do. In fact, Scott Derrickson wasn't just tasked to do this. He pretty much made the pitch of his life to get this movie because he was a fan of Doctor Strange. The talks of a Doctor Strange movie had been going, had been um, ongoing for decades. There's even a script that was dated January 21st, 1986 from Bob Gale. And I, I think Cumberbatch was born to play this role because in 1986, he was 10 years old and they were like, we gotta let him cook for a little while because he's not ready to step into those shoes. But Derrickson, Scott Derrickson proved he really wanted the very sought after director's chair for Doctor Strange by writing a 12 page scene of Doctor Strange fighting us an assailant on the astral plane while a doctor attempted to uh, save Strange's physical body. He created concept art, professional storyboards, and more, which he included in a 90-minute pitch meeting with the studio. Now, if you remember, that scene was purchased from Scott Derrickson by Marvel and was put in the movie. We did actually get to see this scene that got Scott Derrickson the, the, the job we got to see that scene in the movie and it was uh, incredible to behold. Incredible. So the words that I'm using, uh, visual masterpiece, outstanding acting, incredible scenes, lets you know that I feel some type of way. And it's not just because Benedict Cumberbatch is the lead actor, the titular character, Doctor Strange, because I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he is the probably most beautiful man I've ever laid my eyes on and I'm saying not handsome in the conventional sense he is beautiful <laughs> and I know I just sound like a fangirl fawning but the fact of the matter is you know he's not just a pretty face uh, he is a top tier actor when you hear Benedict Cumberbatch you you think of him when he plays a role, he embodies that character. He is Doctor Strange. He is Sherlock Holmes. He was Khan from, from Star Trek. He just makes himself, transforms into the character he's playing. And I know a lot of people did not like, did not care 
for him in the uh, Star Trek movie. And I beg to differ. I think he did an awesome job with the character of Khan. In fact, seeing him be a bad guy was even more just that that insanely I can't think of another word outside of beautiful he is just a he is just beautiful to see him playing a bad guy it's like I can't even believe he has a bad bone in his body but I digress I digress I'm supposed to be talking about Doctor Strange so the 90 minute pitch meeting sold the studio Scott Derrickson got the job the working title for the movie was Checkmate which is another chess connection associated with Doctor Strange. Remember, the we're in the end game now. It's, a, it's associated with Doctor Strange. That word, end game, is associated with Doctor Strange and with Tony Stark. But Checkmate being the title, the working title of Doctor Strange, makes me make the mental leap that Marvel already knew the importance of Doctor Strange as it pertains to Infinity War, which will be still just a couple of movies away. But, and of course, yes, they had this train on this track for a very long time, but 2016, we've already got a checkmate, and then we've got Doctor Strange saying that we're in the endgame now. Makes you realize that Doctor Strange has always been set up to be an important character in Infinity War and in Avengers Endgame, and it seems in the future of the MCU. He also introduced us to the mystic side of the MCU because in essence, Doctor Strange is really not a superhero. He is a sorcerer. He is in fact a master of the mystics, mystic arts, the Sorcerer Supreme. And he is tasked by the time we see him in Infinity War with uh, being a gatekeeper, with keeping the threats to a minimum of especially cosmic or mystical level threats, keeping them to a minimum as far as Earth is concerned. So that is his job, but that wasn't always his job. He initially was a surgeon. He was also an asshole. I mean, like epic, epic levels asshole he was like somebody that you hate to even just see coming they he he's smug and arrogant and smart so you can't even like say it's not a deserved kind of arrogance he's very intelligent but he's very full of himself the world revolves around Stephen Strange he doesn't have time to consider people's feelings or in fact anybody else's existence because he is in his opinion I won't say a god but he has he feels like he has godlike tendencies or godlike qualities and they are because of his hands he has very gifted hands not only does he have a a very very gifted memory where he just holds on to stuff and he he, he uh, what we consider and a lot of times useless information we see that he knows songs and the years and the titles and all of the things that you need to know about a song he knows it and it's because he's read it once and he has a photographic memory which means as a doctor if he has read the the, the book once he knows the book so dr strange is an encyclopedia of medical knowledge and because of this, because of this, 
he feels as though only certain cases are worth his time. It could be a person who just needed the best doctor that was on hand and he could have been on hand and nine times out of ten he will not take that case because that case is not going to uh is not going to propel his name forward in the medical community small cases he's not touching it's got to be something huge it's got to be something big and that's why it almost pleased me <laughs> to see him have his comeuppance in that accident that that basically took the use of his hands and set him on the path to becoming the Doctor Strange that we know by the end of the movie, you know, the whole Dormammu, we've come to, I've come to bargain. By the time we see that Doctor Strange, who is still a little arrogant, still a little not full of himself, because at this point, he's, he's, pride came before the fall, and he's already fell, fallen. So by the time he gets to uh, Kamertage and Kathmandu and the Ancient One sent him on his psychedelic trip, which was probably one of the most stunning visuals I have ever seen in a Marvel movie. Almost in any movie. That was just great. To me, when he, as he was propelling through these different multiverses and then he stopped and touched the butterfly and then he goes and he starts propelling again. That to me was evidence that Scott Derrickson gets it. He understood. He had to be like, I'm going to say he's probably one of the biggest fanboys who probably spent half of his life thinking of how he would bring that scene to life. And look at what we got. We got some of the Wyndham. Uh, there's just so much to talk about. The movie was nominated for an Oscar. I can't understand how it did not win an Oscar in visual effects. It was nominated for an Oscar and I can't remember if it was something Batman-ish or God, I can't remember what won. Hold on a second. Let me let me look that up before we move any further. Okay, it makes sense. It makes sense why Doctor Strange was only nominated and did not win because it was up against the Jungle Book, which, you know, that was a very, very good looking movie. Yeah, so I get it. Okay, I apologize. Even though I still personally, if I was a member of the Academy and I was placing my vote, for one of these movies, I definitely would have voted for Doctor Strange, even though I kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, the Jungle Book was was a much better looking because they had to use visual effects throughout the entire movie and not just in certain scenes. I get it. Okay, I get it. But going back to Doctor Strange, I'm not going to recap. I'm not going to do this whole scene by scene. I think a lot of us most of us have seen the movie we do know that this movie uh, definitely introduced us to who could arguably be the man who holds the key to what's gonna happen in uh, Avengers Endgame and I'm not gonna jump I'm not gonna put the court the, the cart before the horse I'm not gonna talk a whole lot about Avengers Endgame but there's imp it's impossible to discuss Doctor Strange without discussing in just a little tiny bit Avengers Endgame and only, if only because some of the vernacular that was introduced with Doctor Strange uh, when the ancient one talked about multiverses these are things that was not had not been presented using those words 
it was made sure to have been to have said it. It was also introduced the idea that these different realities, these different universes have different personalities where some are benign and some are are malevolent. And, you know, they're the and when she said uh, that some one is some are benign, it appeared that Dr. Strange was in front of the quantum realm, which is telling us, okay, the quantum realm is something that is that has a a benevolent quality to it, that it is life-giving and it is good. And she said the words life-giving, life-giving and benevolent. So if the quantum realm is life-giving and benevolent, then we know that the our, our heroes, if they maneuver through the quantum realm as expected, should be safe. There's not saying that there are no threats in the quantum realm. We've already heard about the tardigrades, which will eat a person. But again, the, the tardigrade is not eating a person just to be a big bad wolf you're eating a person because organisms eat (laughs) you know we eat and they do too so if it looks like you're coming through and you look like lunch they're gonna eat you you know and not because they are bad but because they're hungry (laughs) you know that's just really the way it goes so that being said we know that there's this is a relatively safe a super highway to get to another point in time. So not another place, but another point in time. We also noticed that in uh, Ant-Man, we noticed that in the quantum realm, there is a city looking place (laughs) back there. So I'm pretty sure that if what the ancient one can be applied and I, and I am correct in ascertaining that this, she was talking about the quantum realm being benevolent and life-giving, that this city could possibly be a safe place. How many points in time you have to get across because of these time vortices that we know are prevalent in the quantum realm. We also learned that from Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we'll be watching in a very couple weeks. I think that's going to be one of the ones I changed the day on because I really and truly want to get through this watch party so we can just start digging our heels in for Avengers Endgame. Whole nother point, whole nother thing we're talking about right now. We need to stick with uh, Doctor Strange and how this movie sets up everything else. That one scene showing him hurling, hurtling through all of these different realities, all these different universes has opened the MCU up. It is wide open now because we can go cosmic. We can go alternate realities, multiverses. We can do par- parallel universes. We can do so much just because of a few lines of dialogue that were introduced as being in existence in the MCU. And of uh, Doctor Strange being able to manipulate time with the time stone the way he did when he battled Dormammu just reliving a moment over and over and over again and we only saw him do one spell lets us know that something else could have happened in Avengers Infinity War when he was looking at this 14,605 different realities uh different versions of the battles between the Avengers or our heroes because there's more than just the Avengers were involved and Thanos we got to see that uh, he saw all these different realities, but 
that's what he told us he was doing. There is no telling what else he does. He did during that time. And I'm almost willing to bet that we're going to find out. We're going to find out an awful lot about what Doctor Strange was up to when we see uh, Captain Marvel. Maybe we'll just get a hint or a glimpse, but there is something. We're going to get something. In fact, I am 100% positive because, of course, I've, I've always tell you guys how much I love the John Campia show. And I know that I say people's names like different every time I say it because I don't know when, which one of these times I'm saying it correctly. But I believe his name is John Campia. He's, it seems like that's what I hear him say and who knows. John Campia has already been to see Captain Marvel. He went to go see it on Monday. And watching his show on Tuesday, he was talking about there are two post-credit scenes. And that it is imperative that you watch the end credit scenes. So some movies, you know, you, you watch, you sit through all the way to the goddamn end and <laughs> see these end credit scenes. And it's a move and it's a scene that does not propel the universe further in any way, shape, or form. Yes, you know, we know that we should be sitting there and watching all the way to the end simply because uh, there are a lot of people who put an awful lot of work into these movies and that's where they're recognized and also because the MCU has spoiled us into a, into a behavior and the behavior that we are, we have been spoiled into is and if we sit and watch past the credits there will be a payoff it's like the whole Pavlov's dog thing we know that there will be a payoff sometimes there is no payoff but marvel is like okay they sat here anyway so now i know that they will continue to sit they have paid off in little bitty increments to move the universe further and then they have it in time at times they've given us nothing <laughs> this time it is imperative that you stay in your seat to see the end credit scenes of captain marvel because it is a very important piece of information will be shared that is pivotal for Avengers Endgame. I don't know what that piece of information is. I'm going to find out when you find out when we go to see the movie. And by the way, there are people who are spoiling every goddamn thing because they are assholes. And there are people who have uh, access to the post credit scenes of Captain Marvel. I have no desire to see them. Don't want to see it at all. I'm not even, I haven't been on Facebook in probably two days. I'm staying away from Twitter until uh, probably this time tomorrow because I, I don't want to be bothered with spoilers. I don't want to hear any spoilers. The only thing I wanted to know is what John Campia told me. I don't want to know nothing else about this movie until I go see it and I am going to be respectful of you I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't need to know about the movie until I give it at least a week at least one week before I start shoveling spoilers out because you know at that time we're not if you're diehard if you're listening to this to this podcast you are a superhero nerd. You're a comic book nerd. You're a person who's going to go see the movies because you are just as invested as me in this movie. But I'm also going to let you know in the title if I say or in the description if I'm going to spoil anything. So if you don't immediately go see this movie, like I'm going to immediately go see this movie, 
just read the description box before you listen to any of my podcasts because I'm going to tell you I'm about to spoil the shit out this movie tomorrow you don't have to worry about it or the Friday episode you won't have to worry about it I am not going to spoil the movie I'm not and even if I fuck around and say something that I didn't mean to say guess what I can do before this episode even gets to you that's right I can edit the shit out of it like I do all of my episodes because if you hear some of the things that go on in the background of my home you'd be like is something wrong with this I don't even want to listen to it like what I just said I called myself a name that I normally don't call myself on air so you probably won't even hear it you'd be like well what is she talking about so there you have it the power of editing sometimes I do it sometimes I do it even more you know but okay Dr. Strange ends up being one of my favorite uh, MCU movies. Did it have flaws? I guess it had one or two. Every movie, almost every movie does, you know. But I feel like the movie was so beautiful and so appealing to the eye and the cast was so well-rounded and just the choices, the choices that were made for these characters to to bring these characters to life to me was just masterful masterful casting so I truly love this movie love it will I jump out the window and give it a 10 no <laughs> you know I will not jump out the window and give it a 10 but I will damn sure give it like a I don't even go to a 10 do I I go from one to five and with the highest I think I've given right now has been like 9.5, 9.75 possibly. But today, well, and I keep saying nines and it's not a nine. It's 4.75. The 4.75 has been the best that I've given to date. And I believe that was for the Winter Soldier, which I believe is, I mean, I, I'm going to choose five eventually. So now you already know the Winter Soldier is one of my five and Doctor Strange is another of my five that I'm saying they are my core favorite movies in the MCU. And I'm going to say this. Winter Soldier is right about when, uh, no, I'll take that back. The Avengers was when we got to the point where the MCU, we, we knew, okay, this shit is for real. <laughs> but the Winter Soldier is where we knew these mugs they didn't step their game all the way up they not only are they for real there's nobody fucking with them nobody no other we'll say shared universe is fucking with mcu once we got to winter soldier now to me as far as as far as uh, introduction to a character in the mcu not as well known as you know and I'll I'll step back again the most well-known character that we've seen in the MCU in our watch party so far the most well-known character has been Spider-Man you know you knew who Iron Man was I guess the Hulk he was kind of okay well-known so the Hulk and Spider-Man but the biggest movies yet in my opinion have been the ones but that are not focused on the most well-known characters in the MCU and uh, the reason why I believe is because this is an introduction so anybody can be introduced to these characters and 
you either gonna love the character you're gonna not like the character or whatever but you've just been introduced so many people nobody feels lost because this is a character that wasn't widely introduced if you didn't sit down and read comic books as a youngster then it doesn't matter because the introductions to these characters are just different enough to make it an almost new character for everybody who is watching so yes i might know some personality aspects uh, see some things that are nods to the character from the comics but if i didn't watch any or read any of the comic books guess what i'm not at a loss and if this is something that i want to get into definitely can be introduced to a character and get into it and now just just build on the characters that you know so now you've you've, you've, you've made new friends Doctor Strange is one of those characters not widely known. You know, uh, Doctor Strange to me is very much like Doctor Fate in the DC universe. And I said that eventually I may just line up the, the characters and their counterparts from the MCU and the DCEU. That ain't going to happen today. But what I'm going to say is Doctor Fate and Doctor Strange are underutilized and underrecognized as as far as uh, being powerful sorcerers. Okay, we know that they're sorcerers and we know that they are powerful sorcerers, but they are powerful sorcerers like next level otherworldly type shit. And I kind of wish that even though we've already seen Doctor Strange, I kind of wish that DC would do something with Dr. Fate. He is the business. Do you watch uh, Justice League? The cartoon, animated cartoon. Do you watch? Uh, it, yeah, it was just in Justice League and in Young Justice. You got We got to see an awful lot of Dr. Fate. And let me tell you, Dr. Fate is, he is the DC Universe's uh, Dr. Strange. And I believe Dr. Fate was first. Not 100% sure. I know somebody will tell me. <laughs> I can look it up right now, but you know what? It's more exciting when you tell me. So tell me, let me know if Dr. Fate was first, and I believe he was. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. But look at what Dr. Strange has done in the MCU. Open up things, cosmic level now. We are mysticism, uh, the occult all kinds of things and i know there are people who abhor magic and abhor all things occult and if that is you if that is you know uh outside of your belief structure dr strange won't be for you i'm just telling you that uh, i don't have any such restrictions on what i watch you can tell pretty much by my language that i i don't so i don't adhere to any belief structure that has those types of restrictions on what you can watch or what I can say. And if you're listening to me, you know, the, the, the language, if that's one of the things, you know, but you can get past language, but magic is where you draw the line. You don't want to deal with Doctor Strange. You definitely don't want to deal with Doctor Fate. But I have a strong feeling you would not be here if those things bothered you in any way, shape or form. So I would love to see a Doctor Fate movie. Just like I would love to see a Namor movie, even though we've already seen Aquaman. Simple shit. Different universes. They don't have the same personalities. They just kind of have the same uh, power set. And I'm okay with that. 
Show me what you can do with that character. Show me what you can do with that character. Now, I've sat here and I've rambled on and I still haven't told you what uh, my rating for Doctor Strange is going to be. And it is a four on a, on my five point scale. So it's not the highest, but I'm telling you, I love this movie. It's one of the movies. And I don't know if it's like I said, I don't know if it's because I'm mesmerized by Benedict Cumberbatch because I watched Sherlock too. And that his version of Sherlock is fucking weird, but I love him. And I know, like, uh, I, I didn't read the Sherlock Holmes uh, novels as a young person. I was more into the uh, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, Agatha Christie. That was my wheelhouse. I did not go go to uh, Sherlock Holmes, but I have always loved, like, if it's a movie or TV show, and it has a uh, Sherlock Holmes type feel. Sherlock Holmes character I'm gonna watch it so the first time I watched Sherlock Holmes and I saw Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes I could not take my eyes off that character he is so pretty like just freaking soft and beautiful and just gorgeous in a manly kind of gorgeous pretty beautiful way so I got nothing out of it the first time I watched it. I had to go back and watch that shit again because I'm like, okay, look, I don't know if he's doing some fucking magic or what. Why can't I take my eyes off of him if he is on screen? Is it his presence? What the fuck is it? Same thing happened to me when I saw him play Khan. And the thing is, it didn't register to me because when uh, Khan, I didn't even give a fuck who the character was or who the, the actual actor was. I didn't know that it was Benedict Cumberbatch. I just knew that, oh my God, he's beautiful. Look at Khan. He looks like uh, a person who is augmented, who has, <laughs> I just, I was, I was freaking in love with him. Even though he's evil as shit, like intelligent evil. Oh my gosh. But yes. Okay. I'm sorry. So you guys know. Uh, at this stage of the game that I have a thing for Benedict Cumberbatch and then when he got cast as Doctor Strange let me sit back because they were talking Tom Hardy they were talking let me let me find my 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 because some of my notes I didn't even read because I just got into talking about Benedict Cumberbatch so I'm gonna I'm gonna find my notes so they were talking early in the development process Marvel Derrickson and Spates all envisioned envisioned Benedict Cumberbatch playing the role uh, but he had commitments there were things that he was working on that put him in the position that when they wanted to start filming he would not have been available so he's telling Marvel Scott Derrickson Spates who was one of the writers on Doctor Strange and the fans because now the fans have gotten hold to this and they like yes <laughs> you know so he's like he's letting us all down easy he's like I can't can't do it because I've got commitments to other projects so they start looking at Tom Hardy and Jared Leto let me see oh and Edgar Ramirez and just all these different actors uh let me say Ethan Hawke Oscar Isaac Ewan McGregor Matthew McConaughey Jake Gyllenhaal you know I can never say that Jake Gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal whatever fuck Colin Farrell Keanu Reeves Brian Gosling, all of these people were on the short list. And I'm like, you know, 
any of those would be great actors, but you throw a goatee on Benedict Cumberbatch, and I swear before Buttermilk, he looks exactly like Doctor Strange from the comics. So, once they said Benedict Cumberbatch and you throw that goatee, you're like, yes! You know, so Benedict Cumberbatch became uh, available because Marvel worked around his schedule because he was perfect. Just like to me, uh, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., perfect. Uh, Just like Chris Hemsworth, Thor, perfect. I don't know if there could be, you know, there maybe could have been somebody else who looks the part. But once he swole up, Thor, once Chris Hemsworth swole up, and then you like, all right, I see. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he, he is. So, Benedict Cumberbatch, I thought I was going to be mesmerized again. Like, where I would not be able to comprehend what was going on in the Doctor Strange movie because of the visual opulence of Benedict Cumberbatch but guess what guess what I got past it for that two hours just under two hours that I needed to but he is still beautiful he's gorgeous but in this role he made it his own just like he does everything else and he like I said he owned the character and you really believe that he is doing magic and shit you believe that he is Doctor Strange. He's not a hero where he's going to go out and freaking knuckle up and fight with you. Even though, you know, he was taught some elements of self-defense at uh, Karmataj. However, you need to be worried about them hands in a whole different way. See, he can he can use his hands or he can he can use his hands. And if he if he's put a spell on you, that's it. You'll find a dead man's spell troublesome to remove. So, four points on a five-point scale for Doctor Strange. I love this movie. I think I'm going to uh, look for you guys a in-game theory. I've been talking for quite a while. I'm going to have to do some magic to make this shit work out because this is a long episode. Yep. But, you guys, I don't know if you knew ahead of time what I, how I felt about Benedict Cumberbatch. How I felt about Doctor Strange, the movie. I love it. Our next movie is Captain Marvel. We'll be doing that on Friday. You guys ready? Next week, Tuesday, once again, I'm going to get into Black Panther. Is it Black Panther? Yes. Black Panther is next. Woo, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so, yes, Black Panther, Tuesday. But this week, we got International Women's Day. We got Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, non-spoiler for Captain Marvel. Wonder Woman, you know, we just going to talk about how she put the DCU on her back and carried it all the way up until Aquaman was like, let me help you out, boo. So there's that. There's that. After Black Panther, I think the next movie is Thor Ragnarok. We'll do that on a Friday. And then the next movie will be Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll do that on Tuesday. And then the last but not least... <sighs> the moment we've all been waiting for to be done with our watch party it's going to be Infinity War that will be a Friday episode I'm going to dig deep uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of shit because stuff that we've been like holding on to because we kind of been waiting to just unleash it all in that Infinity War episode and everything after that is going to be just 
Avengers Endgame, we will talk about Shazam. Because we will still be, I think, we'll still be in our watch party, I think, when Shazam comes out. I'm going to have to check the calendar again. Shazam, also, as we talk about visual uh, treats, some of the visuals that, that I've seen in the trailers, I'm like, oh my God, when that baby tried to jump off that thing and he yells Shazam and in midair uh, switches to from, from Billy Batson to Shazam, that's a masterpiece. That's something that every kid ever has wanted to do. DC looks like they're getting it right with Shazam. It looks like it is just freaking fun. And that's what a movie like this is supposed to be. And I am super duper 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 excited to go see Zachary Levi in Shazam. So we talked a little bit about Shazam last week sometime. But I cannot wait till that movie comes out. So we're we going to get past uh, Captain Marvel here. And then, you know, we're going to talk movies that we've seen before. But we're just going to recap, review, talk about how much money they made and when you look at the, the dollar amount that these movies have made, to me, I'm presenting this information because it's going to give us an idea of what to expect for Avengers Endgame. So this information, while it's vital, it means people like the movie, it means, uh, you know, the movie made money or it didn't, it means a lot of different things, but it also means that there are some records that could be uh, broken by Avengers Endgame and I'm thinking just us talking about these movies and what they did boy if Avengers Endgame touches its potential touches it with one little pinky finger we might be talking about record breaking numbers once again um okay it's not the top grossing movie of all time we I think that's Avatar and I don't really know if anybody's gonna fuck with Avatar <laughs> But this would be, you know, if anybody's going to do it, I'll say this. If anybody's going to mess with Avatar, if it had to happen this year, it's either going to be, it's either going to be Avengers Endgame or The Lion King. One of them could potentially topple Avatar. Maybe we'll talk about that on the other side. We'll talk about after we get through with Infinity War, which is coming really quick. So, you know, hold on tight. These things are coming. These conversations will be had. And I cannot wait to have them with you because these are things that we need to explore. I have once again digressed and jumped all off and went to a whole different tangent. And I was supposed to be, you know, going into my wrap up of this episode. And I just can't. But I'm going to. No in-game theory. The in-game theory is this. We know that Captain Marvel is going to play a pivotal role. And connecting dots from previous movies and setting up for Avengers Endgame. And in one one thing we know for certain, thanks to John Campia, is that one of the end credit scenes is going to be the pivotal scene. And I believe he said it was the first end credit scene. So can't wait. Tomorrow night. Hopefully this movie is, you know, the the, the reviews have been good. It was right around 80 something percent the last time I peaked at Rotten Tomatoes. And again, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, 
as long as it's a lot of of reviewers a lot a lot of critics who have reviewed the movie that kind of helps the numbers be more i guess uh, reliable so it's like an, it was like an 80 something percent which to me is right where they want to be right where you want to be it you don't have to remake the wheel you know this movie just has to be a solid entry into the mcu and that solid entry needs to set up whatever this movie was supposed to set up it needs to set that up for endgame and we need to see or have a feel or a direction for how captain marvel is going to be used or be able to assist our team in avengers endgame and not come in and take shit over just assist that's all we need from you carol we don't need you to come in and try to be the hero. We need you to come in and be a hero. Okay, Carol? All right. Okay, hopefully you got it, girl. So, like I said, we'll be having another giveaway. That giveaway will be uh, going to introduce that a little bit later at the towards the middle of the month. I am going to say also say this. I don't want to keep I don't want to give things away to the same people over and over. So, please please enter the giveaway it's a small giveaway i know it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like an awful lot it is what i can do and i want to do it so please enter the giveaways become more involved this is not my show this is our show (laughs) i just do a whole heck of a lot of the talking but you this is your show too tell me what you want me to talk about tell me what you want me to say tell me interact with me because i'm going to tell you and then i'm not going to keep jumping off subject but it's a it is a scary lonely feeling doing something like this and feeling like sometimes there is nobody responding now i can see like analytics when i look at those things and i can see where uh, some of my listeners are, are coming from and i'm telling you there are a lot of places all over the, the globe that are lit up, meaning that I have listeners there. And I'm telling you, Germany, uh, Sweden, the UK, Canada, all over the US, uh, but stuff like Indonesia, Australia, uh, Vietnam, India. It's just so many places. Saudi Arabia. There were so many places Uh the Netherlands that just lit up and I'd like to hear from you all I really and truly would because God it is just amazing to me that I that there we we are interested we have these common interests I don't feel like I'm on an island and I'm going to say this and that's kind of something that I wanted to hold on to until Black Panther but being a middle-aged black woman i could be i could be a grandmother right now if my son was having children (laughs) which i'm glad he's not i could be a grandmother right now and i am enthusiastic about comics and it just feels good that i don't know how old you are i don't know your nationalities i don't know your names you know i don't know your ages i don't know anything about you except we share a common love for the marvel cinematic universe the dc universe and all things sci-fi and that type of thing and you know that 
that is amazing to me that now I've got friends, even though I don't know you, <laughs> all over the world who are interested in the same things that I am. And I thank each and every one of you for listening. And just let me know every once in a while that you're out there so that I don't feel like I'm talking to myself because that gets a little discouraging. I'm not giving up. I still got to get to hundred day 175 just to, to, to prove the averages, the law of averages wrong. I've got to make it to day 175 and I hope that I bring you all with me. So we talked about what we're going, where we're going next with our, our watch party. Be ready for us uh, to have a deep discussion on Friday. Again, I'm sorry for putting this episode out late, but I did. I've tried to let more people enter into the, the drawing for the giveaway. You guys know my social medias. They will all be in the description box below the uh, below the podcast and you all know about patreon.com slash after the snap. That is where you can donate. Monthly uh, donations are on Patreon. You can start at a dollar a month. One dollar a month gets you uh, into the club. I will mention your name. I will shout you out on after the snap. And then the little rewards uh, grow from there. The highest amount that I have a tier for is 20 bucks a month. If you don't want to do monthly donations, but you would like to financially assist the show, if you feel like I'm doing a decent enough job where you would like to assist the show financially, then uh, you can go to PayPal. PayPal.me slash after the snap. Whatever you'd like, I would love it. Uh, Any assistance, anything you can do to help. I don't have an awful lot left on my plates i've pretty much talked about everything under the sun right and uh don't have a whole lot left tell you what i'll meet you back here on friday i'll catch you on the flip